Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. In the house, Dan Moulton is a consultant at Crestview Strategy. That's a public affairs agency, and he's a former advisor in the McGinty and Wynn governments. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, John. It's a beautiful day. It's a great one for Talk Radio. Ernie Eves, <laughs> he's a former premier of Ontario. As well to as, remind me. As well as finance <laughs> minister. How's big Ernie? I'm fine, thanks, Good. John. And John turley Ewart, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Street. John, good to have you on board. Thank you so much. I've got to ask you the first order of business here because it's a, a story that's just come across the desk, as they say. Uh, CAMH is announcing an external review of their process for passes and privileges involving forensic patients. We know there have been a spate of... Uh, People who have left the premises. In one case, Jevin Kong, this is the celebrated one, found NCR. Uh, there are three separate cases within the last two weeks, as you point out, all NCR patients that we know about anyway. Mr. Kong is allegedly now in China ever after uh, having hacked uh, a roommate uh, to death with a meat cleaver. So, I mean, this is heinous stuff. Uh, it makes sense to me that there would at least be this kind of, rev- uh, of a, a review, Ernie. I'm not entirely clear where uh, the buck stops here or starts. Uh, If you are, tell me. I mean, what is necessary to achieve here? Well, I think (laughs) they definitely need to review their policy, given the number of people have sort of just seemingly walked out in the last several weeks and months. Uh, if you, I don't know if I was telling (laughs) Dan and John about the Donato cartoon that was in the Sun on the weekend that had. A building, a two-story building, it was nothing but doors. There were no windows. There was nothing but doors and a revolving door in the front. Um, you know, it, it's a difficult issue because you want to try to reintegrate people who have some mental issues back into society if you can safely do so. Yeah. And I guess you start by giving them passes in which they're accompanied by somebody else, and then you eventually they graduate to day passes on their own. But... You also have people that have committed, as you just said, some very heinous crimes, and I don't think the public would feel safe about them walking out there. Well, why not monitor? Any... Why not just put monitors on these people? Well, uh, I, I think there, there certainly are. And let's take a step back here and, and talk about it as a broader policy. CAMH is doing some of the best work in, around the world, some of the most leading-edge work around the world in how we think about and how we treat mental health crises and mental health patients, which is a very wide range of different issues, different disorders uh, that they're that they're looking at here. One of the things that they do is allow patients that are in their care to gradually uh, be, as Ernie says, reintegrated into society or given you know additional freedom and, and privilege uh, to come and go from the hospital right. as they get better, as their you know treatment sinks in, whether it be uh, chemical treatments or, or, or psychiatric treatments, uh, they get better, they're allowed to, to leave more often. So that starts with supervised departures, that starts with very short-term uh, departures, and it graduates into you know a day pass, let's call it that, just for the sake of a conversation. Right. And there obviously is a lot of rigor put into how it's determined by doctors 
uh, whether or not patients are, are graduating through that. Well, system. all right, but listen, the bottom so line of the like, no, but, but the takeaway is on, three no. people wandered off the property. Uh, it they seems didn't wander like it's off the property. They were what do you given, say? Jebin Kong got on a plane and went to China because he had he didn't escape though. This is the this well, is you the, don't you don't consider that an escape? No, 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 I don't because this person was allowed to leave the hospital. You're acting like he broke the bars up. Like well, no, Shawshank uh, Redemption. Unless he comes the, back, the, 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 the uh, that is an escape. Like, it's not a one-way well, operation. Yeah. It's right. a return policy that they have. Well, so I mean, I think the broader question here is public safety. And, well, and, sure and it quite, is. And quite frankly, Cam H is, is, I'd call it, the sharp edge of the knife here. I mean, there's a whole lot of other folks, uh, and you see them in downtown Toronto, who are, uh, you know, needing mental health services. Right. And, and um, like, where I work in the path, I can tell you I was assaulted by someone who had a, a mental health issue a couple of years ago. In the path, there's, you know, there's folks that sit out front of banks and I cannot tell you on air the vile things that they scream at women walking by uh, and at other people. Like this, this, we have a serious issue with treating mental health, uh, uh, you know, patients. And, uh, you know, my concern is, as someone who spends a lot of time downtown, is that there are so many people on the street who are so close to that edge who sometimes commit assault not with a knife, obviously, and butchering people, but it happens. We know in the path there was the woman who was killed in the shopper's drug mart by, that, by another lady who's facing trial now right? Um, who had mental health issues. I mean, like, we really need to uh, go beyond, uh, you know, just talking about these three, uh, these two individuals who escaped from Cam H, mm-hmm. uh, or, pardon me, Dan, didn't escape, didn't come back. Yeah. Uh, and we need to start talking about how are we going to create a broader public policy that puts public safety at the forefront uh, and so that our streets are safe. All right. So what you're saying is uh, even these remarks from the CEO of CAMH uh, are not in full context of the issue confronting the public. It, yeah, this is this is responding to a headline uh, and two headlines, in fact, uh, that's brought uh, scrutiny uh, upon CAMH. The broader scrutiny, I, I would say, has to be brought forward to the Ontario government to say, okay, here is two extreme cases, but we know we have a lot of problems in, in the city of Toronto and across the province. How can we look at you know, trying to address this holistically? Well, didn't Doug Ford say in his budget they're uh, increasing funding for mental health? Yes, Ernie, I, think, I think he said during the campaign, correct me if I'm wrong, that he would... Um provide an additional $100 million over a number of years. Right, I think over health. five years. But look, uh, here's the thing where I oftentimes will hear critics say uh, it was during the Harris years, correct us if we're wrong, <laughs> that uh, 999 Queen Street was shut down and there were uh, a lot of folks who fell through the cracks as a result. Uh, I don't well, know. That is well, okay, but right. I mean, the idea that, no, they... they I mean, not to come to, to Ernie's defense, he can defend himself. No, because it's the same, I know, I get it, a Queen and Ozzy. Yeah, I don't it. think that, yeah, I think we're past the stage of locking people up in a building yeah. and never letting them out. But it's a pretty fine line you're walking between when somebody is entitled to get privileges on their own, be it for a day or whatever, and have to be supervised or, or watched. Yeah, and, I also... and there's always, you know, quite frankly, I wouldn't want to be the physician or the individuals deciding when people are yeah. let out, because you never hear, of course, about the 99 people that everything goes fine. You hear about the one person that mm-hmm. is out there and, and takes off and doesn't return. Yeah. 
Well, what was the story then? Uh, because people say during those years. Well, well I think I think the point was we were trying to change the healthcare system from being an extremely institutionalized system into being more a community-based system, whether you're talking about mental health or whether you're talking about physical yeah. health. Yeah, we've and, come a long and, way. and I think that that's the right direction. I think every government uh, since has agreed that that's the direction you should go in. I don't. The problem when you're changing a huge system like the healthcare system is you have to somehow try to maintain what you have while you're transitioning into a more community-based system, and that takes a lot of extra dollars because you have yeah. to keep the old system going while you're transitioning into the new system. Well, you know, and I just add to this, John. I, I've lived for the last five years at nine 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 Queen, like next door to it in a condo tower, and um, you know. Certainly, there are patients in the community. They're they're integrated well into the community. I would actually argue, and I, I would I would say that having that institution there and having um, the the space for people with mental health crisis to seek help, receive help, makes it a better neighborhood than certainly the east side of downtown. Certainly, even parts of downtown, as John mentioned, where we have serious mental health uh, problems in in our communities, particularly people that are are, are homeless and affected by mental health issues uh, that are, are are I think more worthy of a public debate than the hysteria of that that many will try and bring into this including apparently the premier of ontario about escapees from camh quote unquote uh, there are much bigger issues for us to solve uh, as a as a city and as a country as we continue to evolve our conversation with mental health than this this headline grab as, as john called it. so you must be heartened then that doug ford's promised more money for mental health I would be very happy. You know what? That's one thing I think that his government has committed. Uh, hopefully we don't see leakage in other areas through their cuts to public health or their cuts to the other hospital system. Uh, but they certainly have committed some additional funding for, for mental health. And I think that's an admirable step. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, big ups to uh, the Doug Ford government from Dan Moulton, uh, formerly an advisor in the McGinney and Wynn governments. We can almost call it, we can call it a day right now. <laughs> Let's come back with uh, the Dan more. and Doug show. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.